Episode 150 for September 2011. The Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast is sponsored by MailOrderComics.com. They have today's comics at yesterday's prices. An example on this episode is on Avenging Spider-Man number one. This first issue teams Spidey up with the Red Hulk and threatened by Zeb Wells and penciled by Joe Mad. The cover price is $3.99. Mail order has it for just $1.99, which is 50% off the cover price. So check them out at MailOrderComics.com. Welcome, Crawl Spacers, to the 150th episode. My goodness, we've been doing this a long time. But technically, you know what? I did some weird math early when I started the show. It's really episode, what, 5,000, Josh? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you know, you you go by the DC book of numbering where, you know, you don't go in order and, like, you know, this this number means that number, this other one. Um, well, we thought we'd do something special for the 150th. As, as If you've listened to previous episodes, Josh and a few other Crawl Space reporters went to San Diego, and Josh got his iPhone out and did some interviews. So, first off, thanks for doing that. No problem, yeah. You know, when I had uh, Donovan uh, Grant along with me for this one, it uh, was uh, really good to have an ally. Uh, as we talked to Spider editor uh, Stephen Wacker himself... Uh, Steve Wacker, and now when you interviewed him, did you did you grab him right after the spider panel that had the burning hoodie? Like burning hoodie is on the screen, and then you go and get an interview with him. Is that how it happened? No, but what we did is after it was on the screen, me and Dom went up to him with the I love the crawl space sign, <laughs> and, and he, he, he he's told this story before. It's on one of the other podcasts where like we hand him the sign, he's like, oh sure, I'll take a picture. He looks at, it, he's like, wait a minute, is this that Spider Man crawl space? Brad Brad Douglas Joplin Missouri, and we and we nod. So he takes the picture, he kisses it, and he arranges an interview. And uh, he says, look for him Sunday morning. And that's how it works at Comic-Con. Like, you don't say, we'll meet at 6 o'clock in this place. It's very, very... These guys are busy. Yeah. Yeah, so... Well, we've got about a 28-minute interview. Josh and a few other friends will be back after you all listen to the episode. So here it is. And I got cookies all over my Steve Wacker. It's audio. No one will know. <laughs> now they know. We could, um, all, be, we could all be naked. <laughs> Who's saying we're I not? am naked in a room with Stephen Wacker and Don. <laughs> do you want me to edit that out? No, it's fine. Okay. Uh, Stephen Wacker, Donovan Morgan, and I are all naked in a room. He just fed us cookies. They're all over my face <laughs> to embarrass me. <laughs> we are holding a poster, a poster of uh, my friends to beat up your friends. Seb Wells and Joe Madura, Mad, Madurera. Madurera. Madurera, sorry. In uh, Avenging Spider-Man number one, new ongoing series, November 2011, and we are here with the editor, Steve Wacker. Senior editor, right now? My title is senior editor, but senior, senior editor, editor that's more internal. Now, does that make you older and less relatable? I because know, you I got do senior, hate you know? Like, <laughs> are we going to need to move you to relatable. number one in September? I am older and I'm not very relatable, that is true. That's <laughs> well, why we don't do comic books about me. <laughs> well, why'd you decide to do a new uh, Spider-Man team title? Uh, over the past... I guess two or three years since I got the book, we've sort of tried to do sneaky ways to have Spider-Man teaming up. Spider-Man is the best Marvel character because his personality just bounces off anyone. You can put him against any character and get a good story. That's where they got 150 issues out of Marvel team, team up. Um, selling team up books in this market today is not easy. Mm-hmm. Um, people tend to relate them to if it's an ongoing, uh, relate them to uh, stories that aren't going to count. Right. We needed to make a count, which is why I brought Zeb in, because Zeb and Dan have already worked closely together through uh, the uh, the first, uh, you know, the, the whole, the early I guess, brand new day, day so. era. And, and Zeb had been involved with that in one way or another all the way through. And I just like teaming up Spider. As you see in Amazing right, right now, we're trying to lift the bubble, I guess, that people felt was around mm-hmm. the book for, for a while, because we have Spider-Man is planned much more farther ahead than most books, particularly when it was three times, three, four times a month. You just have to because the machine just needs that much time. 
and Joe Manorero was interested in getting back in comics. I <laughs> said, what do you want to draw? And he described pretty much a book like this. He wanted to draw Spider-Man, and he had a few other heroes he wanted to do, and so it all just seemed to gel together. It was really the it was really Joe uh, Casada and Axel Alonso and Dan Buckley, the guys above above me who helped kind of make it all work schedule wise and put, put it all together. But I'm really excited about it. I I miss the Joe Matarera craze now, in the ni- '90s. I was never really an X Men guy, uh, so his work's coming in and it's brand new to me. It's fresh, and I, I just can't believe there's a guy out there that can draw like this who we're not who we haven't been using. But he's been doing game game design for a while. Now, I see uh, Red Hulk, Spider-Woman, uh, Jessica Drew, and Wolverine on the cover. Um, I guess you can't say too much, and you're not the writer of the book, but I am wondering, are we going to be getting some off-ball team-ups, you know, anyone aside from yeah, the we're core start, Avengers? Yeah, we're going to start with, you know, the recognizable heroes. You know, that's we're, we're with Hulk. I'm sure we'll get a Wolverine story in early, but Zeb's tastes run very obscure. Uh, power so pack? He loves power pack, yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, um, so we'll, you know, we'll get deeper in, into the bench as we go. Going back in time a little bit, you know, to Brand New Day um, and some of that. Now, you, a lot of uh, new supporting characters were introduced to re-energize the supporting cast. I said supporting cast twice. Uh, which one of those those characters, some of them worked, some of them didn't. What do you feel, which, which one of those characters were your favorites, first of all, and what do you feel worked about them, um, of the new ones? Of the new ones since... Since brand new day, yes. Heard? Since brand new day, since um, uh, two uh, five forty five. Really we haven't really been able to delve too much into his past. We sort of hinted around it, but uh, we had the idea for Jameson's uh, J. Joe Jameson's father, and, right? And, uh, a lot of it didn't end up in stories, just because we had to tell Spider Man stories. You know, yeah. we were able to hint about things, but Wade really did a lot of work on that character, and you know, his his sort of uh, past is very in- in- interesting, and it, it creates a great triangle. Um, a triangle. Well, a great ki- character triangle between oh, Jonah, it. between Pete, and Jay. And I, when you're writing these things, you're always trying to create. Triangle so we're effect. not going to see a Jonah Senior, Anna Watson, and Aunt May Love triangle. <laughs> <laughs> oh. There were no plans for that. But. Anna Watson, you hussy. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is a uh, horrible Aunt May impression. I must say. <laughs> <laughs> you should hear his Betty Brant impression. Uh, oh. <laughs> Uh, so I liked him, him a lot. I loved. I know she's a controversial character, but uh, uh, Michelle, they Michelle all? Gonzalez. Uh, I, I love the conflict with her and Pete. Um, uh, but I'm trying to think of other new ones. There was um, um, Lily Hollister. You had who was Lily Hollister? I don't think we did a great job on sort of really f- fleshing her, her out. Mm. Um, uh, I wish we had. It just comes down to page count. You got to cut. There were scenes yeah. written, particularly with her and Carly, because they grew up together. Uh, and there were scenes ri- written that we just had to cut at certain points because the book needed to go out and just sort of left on the cutting room floor kind of scenes from mo- mo- movies. So I wish we'd been able to see more, more of that. Um, I like I like uh, Carly's introduction because we have just bringing another female into the cast. Uh, I think is helpful. It's like bringing another actress into a show. Um, I like the sort of her past of always in this constant feeling of betrayal from her friends, from her family. She has father things going on. She has the stuff from Lily. Uh, she's potentially, you know, now Pete's doing a different version of the same thing uh, uh, with with her. So, I, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, I, I, I can't be objective about who are the bad ones. You know, I can see things where I wish we had done more work, I wish we had pages to do uh, to do uh, more work on the page. But that's just making comics. It's true of every single book. You mentioned the cutting room floor. Um, is there stuff that... Oh. Is there... Well, no, it's, it's sensitive. Okay, okay, cool. It, it is, it is. We're talking about the phone, not anything else. No. Or are we? <laughs> You mentioned the cutting room floor. Is there any stories that ultimately had to be cut or character moments or changes that had to be made to... I'm on the spot. You know. yeah, the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. On the spot. And I guess, can you share them with us? Yeah. <laughs> I think the original plan for Origin of the Species, which was our last big arc of mm-hmm. the Brand New Day era, um, was originally one more is- issue. We got it down to five so we could end exactly at 101 is- issues and keep... Uh, we were really stretching uh, our de- deadlines on the art side of it. Ending at 101, really, there was a sense of accomplishment to that because it gave us uh, 20, uh, what was it, 
27 months in a row of averaging exactly three issues per, per month, just as we had promised, and that everyone said we wouldn't be able to do. Um, not 27. Now it's killing me. I can't do math. 30, it's, it's Sunday morning. <laughs> uh, uh, three years or two years. To 30, 36? No, it wasn't three. Anyway. <laughs> Fans, fans listening who are yelling into yeah, your... Someone do math for me. I can't do, do it here Do math, floor. do math. Send it, send it, send it. <laughs> Text us. <laughs> the question again was... Oh, cutting on yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. In terms what of the new the stuff with Dan, uh, with the big time stuff, he's... Uh, so far, we've been doing everything. You know, he's he's had this laid, laid out in his head since he was a teenager, so he knows what he wants to do. Um We've certainly had, we only had full pages that have been, been drawn. This is mostly plot stuff we weren't able to get, get to. There were, there were a ton of plot things that um, like Mark Guggenheim had brought in that we weren't able to get to because at a certain point he had to leave to go do yeah. his movie stuff. Um, but, yeah, I don't know if that answers the question. And um, talking about uh, the transition from Brandon Day to Big Time, uh, something I'm curious about is like what, and since, I'm sorry if this is, you've answered this before, but uh, okay. was Brand New Day... Was it meant to be exactly 100 issues and then go into something different? Was Big Time reactionary to any sales? Like, what was the idea? Like, was it meant to be like that? Was it meant to end up no, to big? Yeah, and we all, you didn't, we hadn't planned it out. Like, we'll go 101 issues, that'll be it. I it sort of had that in the back of my brain. Like, that's a nice round number if we do that. Um, but it just, it's just the nature of, I know it looks like that to people who are critical of the run, like, oh, it must have sucked. See, it sucked, and now we're doing it's something easy different. To say. But it's easy to say anytime you do, you bring any new creative team in. Mm-hmm. Um, it had more to do with the fact that we felt like we had been doing this for almost three, three years. It's time for something new. Um, it had been, I mean, we had, we had more than proven our point that we could get these th- things out, and it was a it was a real blast The uh, uh, of, of uh, publishing stuff. I mean, I, we got 25... Tr- uh, hardcover books out of two and a half years of Spider-Man. That's unprecedented. Mm. Um, the uh, the decision to have Dan do it was just because Dan, from the beginning, Dan had been the guy that came in with, I mean, Dan has lived for this his, his entire life. Uh, he's been waiting for this. Dan is a robot built to do the job he's doing right right now. Um, and it was just my taste and whim more than anything else. It's time to do something different. Let's do this. I didn't want to relaunch three separate Spider-Man books because immediately those sales are going to fall off. Oh, that, that wouldn't have gone over well at all. Yeah. yeah. No, no. It's got to be amazing. I, mean, I knew what Dan's workload could, could be and what we could do art- artistically. Um, but I hate to say it, but the sales on Brand New Day were strong from beginning to end. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> I know. You liar! I know. Lies! I know. If you... If you go back and compare our books to 1941 or whatever the hell the arbitrary number is, you can build your anger up. But that's really not how businesses look at these things. If the book wasn't doing very well, I wouldn't have my job that I have. Well, go, um, he mentioned going into big time. Another thing that happened going into big time was Flash Thompson as Venom. Yeah. Now, I think from what I understand what I read, when Rick got the title, Flash was already planned to be Venom by editorial. How did um, how was that pitch, Flash being Venom? How was that decided? That came from Dan, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, we had had the story with uh, Flash losing his legs that Guggenheim and Kitson had done a couple years ago. Um, we we were playing with the symbiote stuff, which is never my strong strong suit. The symbiote stuff was never a thing, mm-hmm. uh, stuff that I was really attracted to. But I really dug the idea of a having Flash in the cast and able to do so, something, uh, and Flash had really grown as a character. Uh, really became a hero in that story. It was a very personal story to me, and having a way to keep him around and do into superhero comic books. So, if you don't want to litter Pete's circle with people who have superpowers, and this was a real sell job up in the office, um, because it makes Pete less special. But Dan had the core of an idea that kind of worked, and it was also something we could get out of if we didn't feel it was working. And then I got him and Rick on the phone, and those two just took off like firecrackers, and there were all these ideas, and suddenly I had I had Flash as a soldier, which is what I wanted, and I had a symbiote story that I understood and felt carried human emotions. It wasn't just a bunch of goo killing people and stuff uh, randomly that Spider-Man would let go at the end inexplicably, which always made me crazy. Um, so that sort of, it just sort of grew pretty nat- nat- naturally. 
the idea, just because you mentioned it bri briefly, this myth I think that some people have on the outside that the editor comes in and demands yes. we're going to do this, <laughs> it doesn't happen like that. Uh, it's not that it's never happened like, like that, that, but it's certainly not the way we do we do the books. It's certainly not it's the way I run. It's more collaborative? Yeah. I, I certainly have ideas and suggestions, but I don't think there's one idea in the book that has been a result of me forcing something in, I, other than the initial thought of Flash losing his legs. That was on... Greenboard had written his basic idea Manifesto. of where the book could go. Yeah, and we printed in our I remember Flash issue. was in there, because I reread that late recently, and he said that it's been hard to find a role for Flash yeah, you know, since they left the high school. I got that the day I started at Marvel, uh, the, day, the day after I left D.C., before I had even started the office, and I made the little note in the, mar the margins, hey, what if Flash is not back to that? Um, but it wasn't really forced. I suggested it at a meeting. It took, it took, took off. The idea that creators would be resistant to any idea from an editor, otherwise it's editorial-driven, is a little cartoonish. Mm -hmm. Well, speaking of supporting characters like Flash and everyone, in the past, you know, uh, I guess year and a half, we've had a Black Cat miniseries, an Osborne series. Um, American Son? Yeah, American Son. That was the Harry Osborne. Yeah, so two Osborne series. Uh, is there any... Jackpot had that. Had that right, uh, there was Jackpot. Secret, secret Jackpot. So, you know, now with... There's a character I think we dropped the ball on, Jack Jackpot. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I, I don't know that we handled her that well in the book. I, it was a really fun idea. We loved it in the room. I think uh, Mark Guggenheim in particular wrote his ass off trying to f figure it out. Um, and there's some good stuff in there. I don't know that it all hangs together uh, as well. That's probably me. I, my focus usually is so on Amazing Sp Spider-Man. Uh, sometimes I don't see uh, solutions for stuff around the ed edges. Like it, yeah, no, 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 no. That 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 was good actually. I like that. I like. I like. Um, but I guess where I was going with that is, are we going to be seeing any more, um, or even on the horizon, miniseries? You know, focused on supporting cast members, yes. or you know, like like I guess a Mayor Jameson miniseries or something like that. Yeah, it will not be a Mayor Jameson miniseries. <laughs> Sorry, uh, but uh, yeah, we announced. I can't say whether it's a series or a regular series, but we had a teaser at the end of the Spider-Man. I saw Cloak and Danner, God Dagger. Uh, well, that's Spider Island. Okay. Uh, but we had a teaser at the very end of the Spider-Man panel of a burning blue ho hoodie. Yes, the bur which which uh, said uh, that yeah. out of the Yeah, mm -hmm. sure, that, 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 sure everybody's angry. That was that was our buddy whose hopes and dreams you crushed there, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> he he hasn't let the hotel since. He's he's really crying. He really? Wants, yeah. Sorry, Zach. I mean, first you tell him Ben's not coming back. Then you got to burn his costume on stage and show it. We're to horrible, him. horrible people. Yeah. We aimed it just at him. That that, that quote's going to be taken out of context. <laughs> we're, we're very horrible people, Stephen Wacker. That's going to be in about twenty <laughs> signatures by the end of the week. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, we have some other stuff to announce later in the summer. Uh, I think some things coming, spinning out of the Spider Island stuff. Mm -hmm. And next year's Spidey's 50th anniversary. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I, if it were my preference, we'd only publish Spider-Man books next year. But we have an Avengers movie too, so I'm sure they keep doing stuff. Yeah. But yeah, there's uh, any particular characters aside from the burning hoodie? Uh, not that I can really say right now. I okay. Have, uh, I have interest in. And se several, we have uh, creators who have come in. We'll say that for other heroes and stuff, what I think the best springboard generally is, is to start off seeing how they, res they respond to Spider-Man, how Spider-Man responds to them, and getting that relationship solid. And then it's, it's exactly how they introduced Cloak and Dagger in the book back in the early eight, 80s, and uh, in, in, uh, in the Peter Parker book. Like that, you got to see them... Uh, in a story in contrast to Spider-Man. It says something about those new characters. That's why Spider-Man works. You can just bounce anybody off of him. He's wonderful. Mm -hmm. Well, one person that's bounced off of Spider-Man that's been wonderful sometimes and not so wonderful others. Breakdancing. Yeah, we're all breakdancing in here. Mary Jane, lover, hater, what's... <laughs> we know people uh, hate her, the actually. internet. Really? Uh, some of the internet. Uh, there's people yeah. that hate her. There's Who people. Hates Mary Jane? Oh, there's some guy on. Um, I should edit this out. I'll let this. There's, right. a, there's some guy. I don't want to call out a particular person on a podcast. There's this guy. I think his name's. I'm like. He hates Mary Jane. He's always talking about her. But um, yeah, there's people on the internet. Some lovers, some haters, some lots lovers. Others don't. Marvel loves. Marvel loves. Marvel loves Mary Jane, folks. Uh, what do you feel her role is going forward, you know, Spider Island and everything, and how does she She's fit in? into the post-big-time world? 
she is without a doubt Pete's best friend. They went through hell together. They lived together. Uh, we needed her in the cast. Pete need, needs her. Um, she's also got her own life. She has her own desires. We can't focus the book entirely on her. Of course. But uh, she's one of the most recognizable female characters we have. Um, I don't know that she works as a love interest right now. I'm, I'm more interested in exploring them as best friends again because it's been years and years and years since we've been able to see that in the book. And I think, I don't know that a woman, when I look at Ma Mary Jane, I don't know that I would, I look as a woman who wants to settle down right now. I think she she needs a friend in Pete just as much. I, th I think it's interesting in these in these books in this day and age to have relationships like that that are platonic um, we've, we've played the Pete Mary Jane romance card for several hundred issues um, sort of exploring the other side of that for a little bit is where I'm at but she's a, she's a member of the book she's a cast member it is, it is so a great cover we, I think we showed it for the first time I love that cover with Peter and Mary Jane fighting they're like together yeah, they're fighting together yeah, yeah. and then I, they're I, going I love to a uh, really sexy shot by Humberto where she's sticking up against the wall that's a, going to be a huge moment in Spider Island. His art is killing all You know, I love Humberto. I'm glad you like it. Oh, oh, I, I always have. I know yeah. I'm not a little bit of a minority, but I, I've been a Humberto Romas fan since uh, his Peter Parker Spider-Man era with uh, Paul Jenkins. That was great. And I did not like that stuff back then, but now, like for for whatever reason, it's either growing on me or his style he, changed, yeah, but I like is, it now. Uh, particularly with, no offense, but with older, more traditional <laughs> fans, his stuff seems kind of jarring, but what, you know, we get... A lot of responses, a lot of uh, back and forth responses about him and when Chris Pachalo was on the book. And I have very wide ranging art taste, and that tends to drive some readers I know a little nuts, but that's just my taste. And, but Humberto and Pachalo are two artists. They are really artists, artists. I mean, you ask just about any artist in these halls, and those two guys will be up there in terms of artists that they love. I know not everyone can see it. People hated Olivier Coipel when he was doing Legion Lost. So some of these things just take time. Humberto is one of the best actors, there's quotes around actors. The way he draws emotions in comics, why writers love him so much is that he can sell moments on a page without any writing, without any words necessary. And his work is incredibly de detailed. And uh, when he's together with Edgar Delgado, our colorist, uh, and our anchors, Carla Cuevas and Victor Olazaba, it's just... It's just wonderful comics coming in two pages a day. This guy is so excited about. I had breakfast with him this morning, so I can, his oh, enthusiasm cool. is still on me. This what did you have for breakfast? That's what the fans want to know. I had uh, two pancakes, some scrambled eggs, three pieces of bacon, and some watermelon, and coffee. Lots the internet just exploded. Yeah, that's pretty big news. <laughs> the yeah. same breakfast that Peter Parker eats. <laughs> Do you have anything for him? Because I feel bad about keeping him from no, Marvel no, it's, women. No, it's cool. It's cool. I mean, I was just stuff that kind of spits all in my head. Um, I always want to comment on the Mary Jane thing. It feels very, like, mid to late 80-ish, like, before the marriage, like, their relationship. Like, because she knows she is, she knows who he is. Um, they can confide in each other. And it, I, I like that relationship. I mean, I, I'm a fan of the marriage. I like the marriage. But that's not a relationship that I am uh, against, personally. Like, And I like how you guys are doing it where it's a little more... It's, I mean, it's, it is friendly. I didn't. I personally didn't like it when she was out of the book, but I do like it that they are friendly together. That's walk. Walk and talk. We just got carried away by the security guards for being naked. <laughs> yeah, I like her in the book. She works. She works in the book. I don't think there's any two ways about it. There's a reason why we didn't Kill her? send her. All, yeah, have <laughs> blow up her plane or send her to Tibet. <laughs> it doesn't mean she's going to be in every scene, and I know that will drive some people crazy if their favorite characters they love aren't in every single scene, but uh, the book's oh. about P Peter Parker. What matters is how these characters affect P Peter Parker. Now, um, if you don't want to do this, that's fine. Um, I thought it might be fun for the beginning, I'll like this at the beginning of the year, if we do like a little mock, like back and forth, like, you know, 30 second gag thing, because like everyone thinks that like, you know, crawl space Steve Wacker at each other's throats, like, don't I don't know that I want to feed that fire to be That's honest. fine. I mean, there are some people who are a little too angry, and there were people on your website that have threatened violence mm -hmm. against myself and other people, and no one seems to speak out against them. Mm -hmm. You can put this on there. No, uh, I'm not. I, I, I that, that'll feed it, so. Well, I, I, I find that's a little out of bounds. I, I, not productive. And I don't think anyone really stands up to them. I think that's an unfortunate thing about the site. Pretzels people turn themselves into to hate anything that comes out of anybody's mouth at Marvel yeah. is a little 
it's silly for such a great, great website. I wish you would put put that. Well, you know what? They would, they would put it if it was someone on the podcast saying the opposite. I will send it. They to, really would. I will send it to Brad, and I will say, Steve wants this on there. What do you think? I mean, he'll probably he'll probably want it back and forth. I mean, I was telling him earlier, like you know, like like positive feelings, negative feelings, you know, agreements, disagreements. We three here, we love Spider Man. Yeah, I don't mind the negative feedback. I engage fans more than just about any other editor in comic books. I love it. I listen to people from all over the internet. Uh, I think some people get a little crazy about it, but that's okay. That's part of the fun. It's been going back. I think I said this maybe on your side or somewhere else. I read a lot of old letter columns. I've been trying to bring those back into the books, and I do them in a lot of my books. There was one, I put it I put it up on a, my uh, Twitter feed or something, that someone wrote into Daredevil just uh, completely ripping apart another letter writer uh, in the book. Oh, it was like <laughs> hostile and violent, and it was weird. Like This idea that criticism against our comics is new and everything used to be great is uh, oh, yeah, it's wishful no. th- thinking. Um, but uh, I certainly don't mind. I understand. I, I'm harder on the books than anyone else reading it. Dry, I see stuff. I saw a mistake in the first issue of Daredevil when it was pr- printed. A very minor mistake that four people online are going to catch. And it made me mental. Mm-hmm. But I know that every single comic ever printed has a mistake in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I hate looking at the print, print Speaking comics. of mistakes, uh, uh, <laughs> no, no, this, this is on me. Like, I, I wrote an review. This, this interview? No, well, no, no, this interview, like, like I wrote, as I'm, I reviewed the a- ASM for the Crawl Space. And All I right, wrote cool. It. I, did, I, I did, like, a big paragraph on, like, how uh, I don't understand why Peter and Carly are, you know, living together. I think it's too fast. And I, I, didn't, I made a big point about it, and you said they aren't living together. They're not living together. Okay, so, I mean, I, I just, like, I, I don't I think we ever said that in the book. Well, I mean, he, he, just, he got that impression by them waking up and, and like the conversation before they um, well took their Donovan, relationship to the next. Let me. Uh, I mean, I, take I was, time here. Here we go, Donovan. When a man loves a woman, oh really? <laughs> Sometimes they will stay in the same domicile for one night, but not live there. I don't think. Married? I don't think Carly has a drawer. Well, no, yeah, that was. I mean, <laughs> It was, uh, I, he, he was the one who said, you know, I don't think that's the case. And I, I thought, well, it looks that way. And then you said, no, that's not the case. It's like, I mean, I, I appreciate you just, just checking me, just keep, keep in line. I mean, yeah, cool. Because it was a problem. I, like, I made a whole point about it, and it was, like, completely irrelevant. So, I, I don't consider this a mistake, but uh, just a, I don't even know if I'll call it discrepancy. Um, okay, so after the Daily Bugle got destroyed, Betty Brand starts her blog, Bugle Girl. She makes the comment to be that she bought the Daily Bugle archives. She has the rights to those. Now that the Daily Bugle's back... They have the name back, but Betty Brandt is operating as Bugle. She owns the Bugles. Is that going to be? My, no, we're not going to make that a huge story. Okay. Uh, well, I, I'm not a huge from story. My point of view, though, from my <laughs> point of view, though, she used that time uh, to build up her cre- credibility. Mm. Uh, what that does is give us. I don't. The truth is, uh, with the troubled newspapers, it's it, it's pushing credibility to believe that the Daily Bugle is a newspaper is as powerful as it is. So, what we tried to do in the books is widen their reach a little bit. Uh, giving them blog sites and giving them. We have Nora doing some vi- video things that we're going to see in the Punisher. She's not too happy with. Oh, um, Nora and the Punisher. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> we uh, that that gave us a chance to have give Betty something else to do. And as a narrative device, now we can refer to something besides the Daily Bugle as well. And it gives Betty puts Betty in a position of reporting, which I think is a good. Uh, it's a good job for her. I think uh, over the years she's been built up to. Her. I know you hate this character. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> I, I, I can't fathom how anyone would hate Betty Brown. I think like, I read one of your articles. Yeah, and I, I, it was a really fu- a funny. Yeah, yeah. He, see, doesn't want like, to, he, he loves reading her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I put it. It's dis- a character you love to hate. I put a disclaimer on top. Like I don't actually want Betty. Br- I'm not mad about something that a character did in 19. 19- it's it's <laughs> a fun thing because we do another podcast where we look back on the old Steve Dicko, you know, issues and stuff, and like Betty's hypocrisy became a running gag and like it's just the fans These are all the same reasons I love to hate that George Berryman guy that's on your website oh yeah <laughs> alright do you want that edited out it. do you want that sure edit it out or no, on no, the- hi George <laughs> we're all here at Comic Con I love this Wacker brings the controversy <laughs> anyone else you want to call out while we're here <laughs> no I, that's the one name I can remember. I There's another guy. I do recommend if you have a spare moment, read his articles because they are very informative. They're very funny. The first and one was really funny. Yeah. I, I see these characters in all of our books, uh, in every book I've ever worked on. They're cast members. Mm-hmm. And cast members come and go, and maybe different actors play the cast members. That's the soap opera part of it. And I, I don't have as 
parochial vision of characters that some fans do. I, I freely admit that. And that might not make me the best editor for a lot of di different fans. But to me, these characters are all tools to be used for storytelling and saying something about P Peter Parker. Uh, it never, after 50 years, it's never going to hang together perfectly. Well, if they did this in issue 17, why would they ever do this in issue 412? Um, to me, that's part of the fun, though. I mean, I don't think all my children make sense for mm -hmm. 35 years, uh, if you really laid it all, all out. But what I try to do in my books is get to the core of what works, what people like, uh, start changing, you know, start changing up from, from there. All these comic books, to me, are a pendulum. And they go crazy for a while. The Hulk becomes a mystery book for four years. And then he's back, drawn by Ed McGuinness, fighting things. And the Hulk <laughs> has a gun because it's a Jeff Loeb comic. You know, and it'll go into some crazy new direction after that. I, that's why this stuff lasts for so long. Well, Wacker, thank you well, for the directions Bertone, that we've taken you. Bertone. Bertone. It's Italian. And, uh... Italian, yes. Yeah. Not Hispanic, like, uh, never mind. <laughs> it's a long I'm like story. Donovan here. Yeah, yeah. Donovan. <laughs> Where are you guys from? Uh, I'm from Nashville. He's from Florida. Yeah, Florida. Oh, you're from Florida? Cool. Mm -hmm. I love Nashville. Yes. That's a great town. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't know if we have any conventions down there. I'm not saying I come more convention. I don't know. This is my first convention ever. Mm -hmm. Yeah? Yeah. So, That's mean, really cool. What a first convention. Mind-blowing right now. Now, I'm going to send to Brad. I'm going to say that you recommend everything in, except for the pancakes thing. Ultimately, it's going to be up to him what he decides to cut out or not. So, right. I mean, so I, I, I can't make any promises for you. I, you know what? I personally... That will be quite the double standard. I will say that. <laughs> That's on there. Uh, but cool. Thank nice to meet you guys. A very fun interview. No problem, dude. I hope you uh, enjoyed no, the No, thanks. That was fun. Well, we ended on a little bit of controversy on that episode, so uh, someone that was called out during the episode was George Berriman. He's on the line. Welcome, George. Hi. <laughs> and someone that was also at San Diego covering news for the site was Zach, Spidey Dude himself. Welcome, Zach. The Thank guy you. who Wacker made cry. Yeah, he made you, me cry. I, I... He did make you cry, because he said Ben's not coming back. Right? I know, right? Which, oh. which pleases George to no end, I know. <laughs> well, there's a couple points I want to hit up. Um, the first, well, we can talk about the crawlspace drama later a little bit. Uh, he talked a bit about Mary Jane. Let's let's discuss that, fellas. Uh, he he said that Mary Jane is his best friend, and um, which makes me wonder why isn't Carly his best friend? Why would the editor who is uh, or and the writer pushing for everybody to love Carly? Why would he say that Mary Jane is his best friend? George, what do you think? Deep down, he knows nobody gives a shit about Carly. <laughs> this true. is true. This is Even, true. Right, seriously, on our message boards right now, we've got people, seriously, we have people who would defend the brand new verse tooth and nail right, right. now. We, we've got people who have defended it from the get-go. You know, if, uh, if you know if a story came out on Newsrama and said, "Oh, and uh, Spidey's getting new powers. He's going to uh, fart energy out of his butt, and uh, <laughs> and that energy is going to come alive and turn into Oompa Loompas." We have right. people on our message board who would say, "Well, let's see where this. Let's see how this plays out. I'm interested to see where this goes. Let's you know, let's give this a chance. Let's not judge yeah. before we hear anything." And 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 at least one of those people now is saying, "Okay, even I'm sick of this whole Carly thing." <laughs> And it's someone who hates MJ, but I mean, it, yeah. it's gotten to the point where he's like, "Yeah, I just, I, you know, I, I, I'm starting to wish that they were together now instead of this Carliga." So yeah. I, I think deep down, Wacker knows that it's it's just a fail. I mean, he admits other failures. Um, he, he admitted admits, the jack jackpot fail. He admitted jackpot failed. Uh, he admitted. I liked that. That was honest. That was yeah, no, I, yeah, I appreciate that. that honest. Yeah, I, I thought that was, I thought that was very positive. I, uh, you know, uh, so that they failed with Lily Hollister again, another character that no one really gave a damn about. Yeah. Well, they and, didn't give him a reason to give give a damn about her. They were right, like, oh, right, her, her, right. Lily Hollister, and then boom, oh, she's menace. Ha ha. See what whereas we did there. Carly, whereas Carly, it's like they just want to beat it into your head with a jackhammer. Oh, hey, by the way, did you get the memo? She's perfect for him because every character in the book's telling you that. Yeah, it, it, they they had the subtlety of a hammer, I believe is what However, you however they could be they could be smarter than we think they are. That no, Brad, they, stop, stop. <laughs> stop. They could they could be realizing that the fans don't like Carly and they're setting her up uh, what to be an, a villain or something, I don't know. I, they can't be setting her up to die because th that would just make everybody happy. No one gives no one gives no one gives, <laughs> <laughs> and, and that would be much 
to play Mephisto's advocate to your question about, um, I think you're looking too deeply into the best friend thing. Like, I think it best friend as a separate entity from girlfriend. Like, um, well, you, you know, I, I, I disagree. I married my best friend. I well, think people generally this, date and marry their best friend. Yeah, but Carly, he hasn't been with Carly long enough for her to be his best friend. Like, if they were together for six years and living together, it's different. But I'm assuming in Spider-Man time, he's probably only been dating her maybe a month or two. Right. And maybe he's known her for a year. You, you notice what Wacker – I mean, Wacker starts talking about MJ and Peter and how they're best friends and – it, and then he goes, you know, he he starts making the case that all the people who didn't want the marriage to go away made, oh, they've been to hell and back. He actually says that phrase. People who didn't want it to go away were using that phrase. You know, it doesn't make sense to these characters, you know, who, who've been together, you know, and, and seriously, through hell and back to, you know, have all this yep. happen. Um, but it, and I think at one point he, he's even like, oh, you know, and, and Mary Jane, she's in a different place. She wants to settle down. And I'm like, wait a minute. I thought the whole the whole point was, oh, they're too old. We have to make them young and extreme again and, you know, all this other crap. It, it's so contradictory. Yeah. You know? Zach, what, what's your two cents? Um, well, at least on the Mary Jane topic. The Mary Jane topic, to me, at least with the way, the way they're writing it, Brad, I, you may hit it on the head. You've said it before that they're they're going to eventually get back together. I think that they may get back together just with all the subtleties that they've been. They, they have a lot more subtlety with Mary Jane's character, partly because she's appeared so sparsely in the in the uh, in the titles. But you know, I, I think that Mary Jane's in a place where she's finally starting to figure herself out, and, and Peter Parker. It, Will never be that way. So that's that's going to be the conflict. Between How is she characters. figuring herself out? Give me specific examples. Well, like, uh, what what do these boots go with this top? No, <laughs> like, like, is okay. Carly perfect for Peter or super perfect for well, Peter? Well, that's, the, that's the only thing she has to do in the book now, Zach, is to, is to talk about how perfect Carly is. Well, that's true. I mean, yeah. the uh, the the whole roller derby ring thing where she starts getting a little bit jealous of Peter and Carly. I think that's that's what that's what Wacker. That was the only sign we've seen so far. I think in a hundred plus issues. I don't really want to see Mary Jane getting jealous of Peter and Carl. I, I I don't want to see that story right now. It's uh... well, Wacker does, and and remember, it's like the art thing. Remember, we're not the customers for the art. He is. He, you know, we're not the customers for the story. He is. It's what he wants to see. Moving on to another topic he hit up, of course, was the Betty Brandt. He doesn't know why Bertoni, you hate Betty Brandt. <laughs> That's a character uh, you love. Here's his quote: "A character you love to hate," and you you listed a few of them. And 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 he says, "Quote: These are all the same reasons I love to hate that George Barrowman guy on your website." <laughs> so, well, for Tony, I, then George, go ahead. Wacker should do what I do. Then he should, you know, get you know a blog and write a series of articles about George Barrowman. You know, Wacker hates Barryman. It's um, it's it's been very liberating for me. It's gotten a lot of my Betty stuff off of my chest. I feel more at peace with her now, and you know, I feel that if uh, if Wacker does the same thing, uh, real talk though, I I I took that that when he said that I I, I we we just laughed, and that was uh, there there's some edits out of there because there's actually a tangent about us talking about you know Betty and clarifying that, but I, that was edited out of the final product because I thought it was very self-serving and it's detracted from the main point of the interview, but it was just me explaining, no, I don't actually hate this character and want her to die. You know, it's it, it, it's a comic, and I realize that, and it, it's just fun. And when Wacker said, I don't understand how anyone could hate Betty, I took that as, it's it, it's it's lighthearted. You yeah. know what I mean? It's And George, your two cents on him loving to hate you. <laughs> oh, I obviously I don't think Wacker really hates me. Um, I don't know, like that. In the same sense that I, I know Bertoni doesn't hate Betty. I mean, otherwise, if yeah. if he did, you know, but I mean, Bertoni should be glad Betty existed. If not, he'd be writing a column that says, uh, you know, bring me the head of Sissy Ironwood, or uh, you know, <laughs> Deb Whitman must die, or something like that. Yeah, uh, I, <laughs> Deb I, Whitman I, must die. That's awesome. I, I want that one. I, I, I don't think he really. I don't think Wacker. You know, I think Wacker was just being jockey with her. I don't think anything, anything bad of it. And another quote that he said during the interview was, quote, there are some people who are a little too angry. There are people on your website that have threatened violence against me and other people, and no one seems to speak out against them. You can put this on there. I find that there's a little 
that's a little out of bounds, and I don't think anyone really stands up to them. I think that's an unfortunate oh, thing about yeah. the site. Pretzels people turn themselves into to hate anything that comes out of anybody's mouth at Marvel is a little silly for such a great, great website. I wish you would put that. You would put it if it was someone on the podcast saying the opposite. George, hit that one. Um, well, he's talking about some specific thing. He's talking about somebody who posts at our website. Um, saying some things at their live journal account, which we have no control over. And, you know, if, if that person had said them at crawl space, we would have taken, you know, and some sort of measures against that. And, and well, wasn't that the die in a fire thing? I think so. Honestly, I think Because it is. we could never find a reference to anybody telling Wacker to die in a fire. But, so it, it's funny to me how Wacker, before he was banned at our site, would routinely tell people, oh, you take things too seriously, you take things too seriously, and, and stuff like that. And, and then he would take some, you know, people when they're just obviously being jocular, out, you know, out of kind, and, and use that to like selectively get mad about it. Now, another one was when um, he said something one time, and I think Gerard had said, get a rope. But Gerard got, you know, and honestly, I mean, I, I didn't take anything from that. I, I remember seeing that in a chili commercial when I was a kid. <laughs> You know, well, when somebody when somebody it, it, said this is like New York City, and somebody said no. get a rope or something like that. You know, it's. Now, it's oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, first of all, let, let's explain the the politics a little bit. Uh, there's a if you go to the message board, there's a clear list of rules that you can't personally attack anybody on the message board or the front page, and uh, we we ban people. We give them a warning. Like if someone said uh, that would that would threaten physical violence against. Any member, including Mr. Wacker, they that would be an instant ban, in my opinion. Oh yeah, like I'm gonna I'm gonna do, go do X to this person, instantly gone. Uh, and and I don't think any physical violence has ever been mentioned on the site. And as you said, I think it was what's the member K Box that has a live journal site, and I think, or maybe it's selective memory that they combine the internet with this site. Anything negative that comes from the internet gets attributed to this site. I would agree. I would agree. And that, and that as a, as the webmaster and the owner of the site, it's very damn frustrating to have the the head honcho of the Spider-Man world take a shot at it. Yeah. How how do I deal with that? When uh, well, it's, when it, it's not true. I, well, it's not true, and and people who actually post here know that. I mean, there's a lot of people who are listening to this right now who know that that's the case. I mean, Wacker himself. Wacker and Slot both received warnings for the way that they treated people here. Exactly. It was crawlspaces. Crawlspace is not Thunderdome like CBR, where anyone can say anything to anybody, no matter how vile it is, and get away with it. And that's what's unfortunate about the whole damn thing, is that we've had to warn Mr. Wacker three times on the front page and the message right. board, and right. he eventually did get get banned. I mean. I, I don't want to ban him, but what am I going to do? I got to stick to the rules. If if you insult a member of the site, you get a warning and then eventually banned. Yeah. Now, recently, the last couple of weeks, Mr. Wacker has uh, I banned his IP, so he couldn't discuss anything with the members, and he got back into the site by using a different IP, and he again. Uh, disregard the rules and started posting again. So he I probably he probably just logged on from somebody else's house. He may have right. logged on from his apartment. You may have banned his work IP. You may have signed on from home. Right. Whatever. Either way, that's whatever it is is disrespectful and not minding the rules. And you know what? I've never met the guy in person. I've interviewed him a couple times. Seems like a nice guy, but I, I have to maintain some sort of civility. You know. Mm-hmm. And what 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 do I do when he he gives that quote? About quote, there are people on your website that have threatened violence against myself and other people. I think he doesn't see the full picture. Like uh, he sometimes, I, and I can't speak to what he's saying because I because I, I, I don't know what he's seen and what he hasn't seen, and I don't know what he's speaking of. And in the middle of an interview in San Diego, I'm not going to say to him, "Can you provide some examples?" Because I don't know. If, I, I didn't feel that that was the appropriate forum when he's agreed to spend his Sunday morning talking to us. And, and I, I didn't. That I do appreciate him talking to us on this interview, which I think that's a nice thing to do. <laughs> and uh, on, the, on the contrast, I think it's fair that I promote the the gospel of Spider-Man too. Like if I get a press release from Marvel about Spider-Man, I'm going to put it on the front page because I love Spider-Man. 
and then there'll be a hundred comments about you know how much. <laughs> um, but well, yeah, what I was saying is, I think he sees some of the comments that are made. I don't know how much of the follow-up he sees now. Like, um, I'm not going to name the poster, and I'm not going to name the instance, but there was an instance where somebody said something, and it was noticed by us. And because of the history with that person, and because of the way the situation was, it was being discussed before action was taken. Wacker did see it and mention it before action was taken, but at that point it was discussed by the mods. Not all of the... I I don't want to go too much into the workings of the bonds, but not all disciplinary actions are instantaneous. Extreme ones are. There's times where certain admins or mods, you know, will, will, somebody can get an instant ban, but I'd say, and Brad or George and Zach, if you're back on the line, correct me if I'm wrong, eight out of ten times when somebody's born, warned or banned, it's discussed with all of us, and because there's a big group of us, it could take a day or two before something happens, and maybe in that day or two, Wacker sees it, and doesn't know what's happened or if there's been a follow-up. I don't know. I, I I think I think even if Wacker did see it, he would act like he didn't. He won't, He doesn't see the aftermath. And one example that I'll use is a few weeks ago there was an incident. I'm not going to say who or what it was, but uh, somebody said something. And uh, because of the history with that person, and because of the you know with the rules on the site. We all noticed it, and we were all discussing what to do with it. Wacker saw it before any disciplinary action was taken and assumed that we were letting him get away with it, and he called. He did call us out on it. And mm-hmm. action was taken later, whether Wacker saw it or not. And the action wasn't taken because Wacker said something. We had been discussing it for a little while prior to that. And I don't want to get too deep into the inner workings of the crawlspace uh, disciplinary you know, uh, system, but basically, you know, Eight out of ten times, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but eight out of ten times when somebody gets banned, you know, it's discussed on the board, you know, before anything instant happens. In extreme cases, there'll be instant bans, but otherwise, we'll discuss the disciplinary actions, and while we're discussing it, somebody might come onto the board for a day or two, see somebody say something, and not see the reaction to it, and assume that this is stuff that we're letting happen. I don't know if that's where Wacker's coming from. I'm... I I I I didn't follow up the question. I didn't get in his head on it, but that could be it. George, you want to rebuttal? I think he does see it. Um, I think he he probably does see it every time we warn uh, somebody not to uh, speak to him that way, um, or about you know, or say per, you know personal things about uh, other writers uh, or editors or artists. But um, yeah, I think he chooses not to see it or or not to reference it because that's you know that would be inconvenient for everything that he says. And he has a narrative that he wants to stick with. And 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 how is this productive with a, po- a popular fan site fighting with the people in charge of Spider-Man? Well, why you know, the only each other. Why shouldn't we be friends? It's well, all on them. Look at the way he talks to people, Brad. Yeah. I mean, look at the way he talked to us here. I mean, he got banned. You know, he got banned here ultimately for. It. Look at the way he and Slot engage people at CBR. Look at the way Marvel editors today talk to their fan base. Yeah. You know, I would, I would say, I would, I would turn around and say, look at Marvel. Now, do we say negative things about the books here? Yeah, we absolutely do. When the stories suck, we flat out say, oh my God, this sucked. Yeah. But when Which they're it, good, it's the opposite too. But when yeah. they're good, exactly, we say that. They never bring that up because that's inconvenient for the narrative. The narrative that's is, oh, don't listen to Crawl Space. They don't know what they're talking about. You know, all they are is negative. Well, I mean, well, to be fair, he also threw in a, it's a, it's a damn. He also threw in a comment saying that it's a good site, and he, he said yeah. a few nice things in there. It's, it's, it's a good for, site where people threaten his life. <laughs> well, no, I, I'm I'm just I'm just bringing full quote uh, the full context in there that he did talk about good things from the site. He, he well, didn't, and he he also paid money to help, to help support the site, and you know, I think as he has too much fun. You know, tr- starting trouble here. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm not a troll's a troll's a troll. I have, you know, I had no problem with the uh, with the ultimate banning of Wacker because ultimately it became, you know, every time something happened, it seemed like you know somebody was texting me or I was getting, you know, messages saying, um, "Have you seen the front page?" You know, and and it was always a Wacker or or Slotgate, you know, and and just it became a bigger issue than it ever should have been. I, I wish for as much argument and 
discussion. I wish there was discussion on the positive too, because you can't always beat a dog and then pet it. <laughs> you well, know, Brad, that, that doesn't I, fit I, his I narrative. That's a bad analogy or what? But that doesn't uh, fit. That doesn't fit the narrative of oh, crawl space is negative. All they do is say bad things. Ooh, everybody over there is mean to me. Well, then why does he compliment Ber- – well, I guess he did compliment Bertoni's one article he read, yeah. and he called it a great, great website. I don't understand that. He said it was damn funny. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> well, it, and, and – Well, no, I, no, no. Well, why are you sorry? That, that, that was a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> Your just, article's damn funny. Nobody was threatening to kill me. <laughs> I, just, I, I, don't, I don't get why, why Wacker – can't just play nice, <laughs> and I think that's that's what Brad always kept saying to Wacker. Why can't you just play nice? Well, I mean, if, you know, if if I had any advice to give to Wacker, um, and I, I don't know if he'll listen to this or not. I know he's listened to some of the podcasts. Um, he'll listen you know, to this he, one if, if he's if he's uh, you know if he's out there saying people you know are, are a little too angry. Look in the mirror. Look at how look at how you talk to people, champ. You know, look at how you talk to people, or look at how you talk to people here before you got banned and kicked out. Look at how you talk to people at CBR. I mean, do you ever read some of the some of the things that he or the way he and Slot act to people at CBR? No. Now, now a lot of that's generated because CBR doesn't have any checks and balances on how people behave, and people get to be you know dicks to them. You know, I mean, it, it is a they breed an atmosphere of uh, of combativeness, I guess. But, yeah, but I would say you know, you know, look in the mirror. I mean, let's think about how you talk to people. If you want, if you want us to talk about you differently, then hey, let it start with you. You know, don't don't come here, don't troll the site, don't you know, don't. Okay, fight uh, with people. Surely he's got better things to do than sit there and fight people at CPR. Yeah. Any final words? I think that's pretty good. I guess invite the fans to comment on it. Get them. Yeah. In. All right, I think that's a, that's a wrap up of this show. Oh, if thank, thanks like for the cookies, Wacker, <laughs> <laughs> and the nudity. Wow, oh, good thing it's audio. I am so happy that I was not there for that, just for the nudity part. Just saying. <laughs> All right, that wraps up this show. If you'd like to comment on it, we've uh, started a thread on the Crawlspace message board, and you can discuss this episode. Bertoni, thanks for a good job, buddy. No problem. Thanks for uh, 150 episodes. You thought, hey, you know, let's let, let's get rid of that Kevin and Jr. guy and bring on the editor of the Spider books. <laughs> there you go. And we'll wrap up the episode right about there. Thanks to Steve Wacker, Josh Bertoni, George Berriman, and Zach Joyner for being on the show. Before we go, I want to give another shout-out to our sponsor, MailOrderComics.com. An example on their great prices is on Amazing Spider-Man number 673. This one is the epilogue of Spider Island, and the cover price is $3.99. Mail order has it for just $2.47, which is 38% off the cover price. So check them out at mailordercomics.com. Thanks for listening, gang. I'm your host and webmaster, Brad Douglas, for the SpiderManCrawlspace.com. <laughs>